Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Just outside Austin, Texas, the Circuit of the Americas. Real pleasure to be in the cup level. Let's have fun today. Welcome to NASCAR. Hope you're patient here. We'll learn as we go. All right, boys. Thank you for the effort this week. Great job on adjustments. Gonna do my best. Have fun today. Just enjoy it. Let's execute. Make the most of this opportunity. Well, this is it. This is one of the big shows in NASCAR. We're gonna see four, five wide log jam city. Still in line, trying to get out of line. Six cars spun right in front of them. A T bone, the 84. Jordan Taylor, big oh, time diving water. Settle in now, get a nice rhythm. I'll be toes knocked off. Try to ride the toe out so we get a yellow bud. Cedric from third. Outside, outside, outside. Cedric's your new leader. All clear, all clear. All right, bud, we gotta be smart today, be smart today. The 22 just got a penalty. For a cut, yes, call it all day yesterday. They call it right off the bat. Be consistent, NASCAR. Come on. Got a great battle for the lead. Yes, we Tyler's do, in a great buddy. Spot to go ahead. Still there, right there, quarter, clear, clear. This is awesome just to see these guys going back and forth. Oh! Somebody blew through there, no brakes, and hammered us. What the was that? He drove in 25 cars too deep into 12. The leader is in. Obviously, a lot of different strategies. Stay aggressive. Byron will be credited with the stage win over Cindric, Almendinger, Bowman, and Chastain. Nice and smooth. Let's go get these guys. Tyler Reddick has retaken the lead. You are clear. Focus forward. You'll drive away. This is the stage in. So keep going. Tyler Reddick wins stage two. Yellow, yellow, yellow debris and turn eight. When it is open, we will pit. Be ready for the water bottle if you want one. Tyler Reddick, he has been getting better as the day goes on. Needed lateral grip. The adjustments have been good. Tyler Reddick beats the field out of the pits. Switches where you need him. Remember, hold your line to the stripe. Hold your line to the stripe. And here they come. Green in line with you, in line with you. Logano Reddick. Look at this. All the way down to pit lane on the inside. 45 went wide, clear exit, all clear half. Tyler Reddick is going to pounce. Perfect crossover. Still there, easy. Crossing over west side, you'll have the preferred line to the carousel here. Coming back to you, momentum. Now Byron's got the advantage. Still in line, high with you. Nice and smooth, you'll drive away by two. That's good race. Lock it down, lock it down. Yeah, we're broke, the rear end knocked out of it. We are one lap short, along with the 24. Do what we can to save. 17 to go. 22 will not make it for sure. We were at the best one. Can't help but we're getting past. That's what I'm trying to get at. We gotta go. What do you want me to do? I'm going as fast as I... 
I don't even know how I can be more clear. Brad Kozlowski. That broken axle. Yellow, yellow's out, yellow's out. 12 laps to go. <laughs> Caution out. Four tires of fuel, first gear. Here we go. Everybody at the front is coming. All green, all green, don't speak. Reddick is the first off pit road, but he will not be the leader. Five cars stayed out. No more saving fuel or tires. It's going to be nine laps. Here we go. One outside, one door. Great restart for Reddick. You are clear. Three on your left. All over the place. Spin. Well, that was ugly. Hit your marks, man. Back to green. Q45, clear, clear half. William got him. So right side, even 24. You're all clear by half. Tyler Reddick is your new race leader. Caution is out. What? Debris off of Austin Dillon's car. Tyler Reddick, green wine checker. Tyler Reddick leads. Deal is out. Deal is out. Broken again. Rust every play, and you tell me who caused it. I have no idea who did. Back to green. Middle of three, you're spinning. Clobber. Three on your right. To your right, you know who got you. You're good to your right. What the f is there, man? He just went straight, and they won't push him again. Not over yet. They might still wreck. A lot of give and take. That is great. Push him wide, clear. Yellow, yellow. What was that? Debris on the back. Take a deep breath, get a drink. Here we go, one more time. Goodbye, one. We're spinning it, going straight here. No. Uh-oh. Yeah, we're killed, guys. I can't see anything. So pressure at all, buddy. You're by eight to the eight. Tyler Reddick, Masters Circuit of the Americas. Yeah, boys! Let's go! We're here! Who are they doing, man? They were the 48 on the one. Let's be calm. You can always address it later as well. Way to dominate! That is a monster win, buddy! Welcome to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com and Facebook Live. Don Hall here uh, recapping an exciting weekend there in Austin, Texas at Circuit of the Americas, otherwise known as CODA. Uh, Mike Haig was there. And uh, we want to thank really quick a Radioactive, uh, of course, Radioactive, courtesy of NASCAR's Race Hub. Uh, you can always uh, go and check out the Radioactive videos on YouTube and, of course, at NASCAR.com. Uh, and we have got a busy, busy show for you this week. Um, but let's go ahead and bring in, of course, Mike Haig from RaceDaySA.com. Mike, how are you? Hey, Don, I'm doing great. I'm back from the uh, Circuit of the Americas, and what a great weekend of racing at Coda this weekend in Austin. And uh, I tell you what, uh, it was uh, it was great to see everybody get, finally get back to the track. You know, this season for my first race to to be cover in person and um it just felt good to be there and uh what a great weekend we had uh at the big uh, 3.14 mile track and mike we're not alone and you weren't alone this weekend uh you had 
your special special correspondent. <laughs> actually, you were you're a serious worker. You're you're your guy that actually goes there and works. Whereas when you and I hang out together, you don't get anything done because I like just make you walk the track and shop and do fun stuff. So, uh, but introduce <laughs> introduce our our special guest co-host this evening. Yeah, well, he's coming to you live from uh, Waco, Texas, up in Baylor University. He's the sports editor of the Lariat newspaper and um, doing some work for the Dallas Morning News this year. And it's my son, Michael Haig. Welcome, Michael. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's good to be back. It's been a while since I've been on the show. So always uh, always a fun time, indeed. It's funny he says that. It's been a while, but it's actually been um what mike i mean in in the in the scheme of the racing season it was last october wasn't it when or september went at texas yeah i think it so, was yeah and the, and then we ended uh we ended the season in october so it's been a while month wise but as far as racing season goes it really hasn't been that long that we've been away <laughs> I know. Yeah, when you put it like that that's true <laughs> that was confusing i don't know why i try to make things different uh difficult but um now guys i'm trying to monitor here and you you guys i i know i told y'all i tagged y'all in it so you guys try to monitor mike is really good about monitoring the uh chat room and stuff for me but let me know if you see stuff and folks please feel free to join in and ask us questions uh mike and michael both were at coda this past weekend they're in austin we're going to recap coda uh we've got lots of audio lots of fun stuff for you uh we will also then be previewing for this coming weekend it is going to be a busy busy track smack radio weekend um we will have mike and michael both back up here in the dallas area they will be at texas motor speedway uh for the ntt indycar series that will be coming to town along with the truck series that'll be racing there and i will be um covering the nascar side of stuff up in richmond virginia up at richmond raceway so uh god mike i mean that's awesome that we will both be at a track on the same weekend covering stuff i feel like we've got it all is there nhra this weekend Yes, there is at the uh, track in uh, P- uh, Pomona, California. The Winter Nationals is 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 uh, this weekend. Well, damn so. it, we need we need we need a correspondent there, so we've got it all covered, I guess. But you'll be on that too, though. That's your that's your your scoop. You like that, so. Oh yeah. I mean, and I like. Hey, speaking of the drag racing, just real quick, we had you know Cami Carusco um, in Pro Stock. We had her on the show last year. She was a rookie driver last year. Won Rookie of the Year in the NHRA. Rostock category. She picks up her first career victory by beating Bo Butner in the finals there at Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park there in uh, Arizona over the weekend. And I tell you what, Dawn, I'm just really, really pleased to see her get the win. She's uh, about 24, 25 years old, a little bitty thing, about what, five one, maybe five foot. She's a real little bitty thing, but boy, she can handle that car and she really. <laughs> put on a great performance in Arizona this past uh, weekend. Well, I was excited because I saw that and I sent you the text or, or not a text. I think I messaged you. I sent it to you with the article while, while I think you were up at Texas because I wasn't sure if you were seeing it or not. And I'm like, oh, look, let me let me pretend like I know what the hell's going on. But I just knew it was her. I got the it was on a tweet and I got the tweet thing and I'm like, yay. So I had to send it to you and feel like yeah. I was actually a part of it, too. So that's you should have awesome. seen this, Dawn. We had a the uh, NHRA TV going on on a, on the laptop. Michael had his iPad set up. 
watching the uh, Texas uh, basketball game. Uh, who did they play, Michael? Uh, that was the uh, the Texas and Miami game. Miami, that's right. Yeah. We had that going. We were watching this, the big screen for the NASCAR race. We were, we were multitasking, you might say. <laughs> that's how you do it. Um, and I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude to – I am listening. Um, I'm texting – I never really do this unless it's absolutely necessary, but I can already feel Mike. I know you, you suffer big time. You suffer worse than I do from allergies, but they're so bad and I can feel it in my throat. So I had to like text Craig, can you please bring me some cough drops? So you're going to see him walk in here in just a second and bring me some cough drops and probably a Dr. Pepper too. So I apologize. Um, He is dressed, right? Who knows? But, you know, hey, for our Facebook <laughs> listeners, that might be a lot of fun, too. And then we'll see what all he trips over coming in here, because I've got, like, again, it looks like an episode of Hoarders going on in the background, because um, here at my house, Michael, you may not know this, Mike does, but um, on the side for funsies, I like to do eBay sales stuff. And so I don't know if y'all can see over here, but I have a butt ton of, it's Build-A-Bear stuff, but they're all, like, that tub right there is nothing but Pokemon um, build a bear things and like there's a couple of them in there that uh mike i will probably get a couple hundred dollars for each one of them i can't believe that crap can you believe that crap and i find them at thrift stores or like goodwill i can't believe that there is pokemons that are worth two hundred dollars <laughs> and somebody donated them to goodwill but thank you for that because i will gladly scoop them up for a couple of dollars and make some cash off of them so um all right. Well, just don't get, you know, thrown off when you see Craig walk in in his underwear or whatever he walks. He didn't. He's dressed, I'm sure. But he's going to be pissed because he's in the middle of watching some. There show. he is. <laughs> oh, hey, say hi to Facebook Live and to Mike and Michael. Thank hi, you. Mike. Hi, Michael. Thank hey. you. He's dressed. No show. Sorry, folks. No show for you. But anyway. All right. So, guys, we're okay. First of all, before we even get going, I, let's talk to Michael about um, Michael. I understand your first, well, your first trip to Coda, um, I, which I have not been yet to Coda, and your first road course. And I said, you've won up me on that too, because I have not been to a road course race yet. So, let's talk about it. Your thoughts on it. Did you enjoy it more or less than a, a circle track or? it's just its own separate entity in itself or, you know, give me, give me the scoop. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I I think it's different, um, different, but in a good way, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up, I had only been to circle tracks. I'd only been to TMS Atlanta and Vegas, not for races for the last two, but just to see the tracks uh, both. I mean, all three really cool, but Coda was just, I mean, it's something about it. It's new. um, It's exciting. You know, it's that, I think it's like a 3.1 mile track, just, it's a, a very interesting layout, and I'm sure we're going to get into it later, but that that first turn is just something else. And I think it adds such a unique element to road racing, and I'm, that's kind of the, the style of road racing in itself. But um, no, and then just I love the all the different things you can get into it there at Coda. I drive by it all the time when I take Toll Road 130 up to Waco. So I kind of see the tower out there to my right, and I had always known, oh, yeah, you know, dad goes out there and you kind of just see it from a distance and you're like, eh, you know, it's cool, whatever. I'd never, but to, to get there and to actually experience that. And, you know, dad had kind of uh, briefed me on this before, but it is just massive. I mean, you get out there and it's, it's incredible. And so you're like, it's like you're in an entirely different place and it's hard to believe that it's just right there off the tollway. 
And um, I mean, it draws people, it draws people for not only NASCAR, but for F1. So it seems to be doing really well. And it was just super fantastic. I am very excited to go back if that's in the cards. Wow. And you had just come off of uh, uh, covering Baylor basketball there uh, before they were eliminated. So you've been all over the place. I mean, you're, you're just doing all sorts of fun stuff and I'm, I'm so proud of you. It's like, I've, I've watched you grow up, uh, you know, and, and, and so it's just, it's so neat to see you kind of following in your, in your dad and your mom's footsteps, uh, uh, doing the journalism stuff and on it's, it's just exciting for me. And, And you're doing such a great job. I've actually, your dad is, you know, hit me up and, you know, told me about a, a couple of your articles and stuff that have been, and I guess they're not articles or columns. I, I need to get it, get the lingo correct. But um, when up here in, in Dallas, when, what was it in the Dallas morning news or? Yep. Yep. Dallas morning news. Yep. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just so proud of you. It's just so awesome to, to see you doing it all and, and enjoying it too. Cause it's, it's a fun job. It really is. There's lots of perks to it. Absolutely. You can, you can think, you can think this guy that's sitting in my old room right now for all that. So (laughs) yeah, I've turned his old room into an office, so to speak. And he still uses the lights though. (laughs) I I kept his lights up. Yeah. Friendly stuff right there. It looks good. looks good. And I I can change the colors and everything. They flash on and off and everything, but no, Don, I, um, uh, I'm real proud of Michael. He's, uh, I, you know, f- definitely uh, the journalism doing a great job with it and everything. And um, the the opportunities that he's getting and has already had. I mean, he's amazing what he's been able to do and see and cover so far for for Baylor and also for for my publication. But but Michael makes a good point about the track. You know, that first turn. Um, you know, t- television doesn't really do it justice. Uh, what, how steep that first turn is when you go up that hill and then make that quick turn to the left. And, um, man, I, I, I've, I've actually been in a, in a sports car <laughs> doing hot laps on the, on the track going up that, uh, that turn. And it, it is super, super steep. And, um, but it, it's what makes Coda the, the great track that it is because it's so different than any other track out there. Mm-hmm. No, it's, I was asking you, I know, um, uh, because again, like you said, I don't think TV really does it a lot of justice, but, um, there was a lot of issues, uh, uh, as far as the race goes, or, or it seems like there was, I mean, we all know we've watched that calamity corner, that first, <laughs> that first, uh, turn, um, and, and I mean, they do the same thing. It, it's not just NASCAR. I mean, it's, it's like that for every, you know, series that comes there, um, going into that turn the way it is because they're so fanned out. And then it's like, you know, all of a sudden they've all got to, um, but you know, Mike, there was so much talk and, and there's in coming into Coda uh, and then now with this track. And, and again, I'm just wondering, what am I watching? Wait, let me back up. It's not what am I watching? What am I reading? What are other people watching that all of a sudden they feel like this, what we're seeing on the track and, and the style of racing and the way that the drivers are and, and, and all this is so different than what it has been in the past. I don't know if I'm just smoking crack or something. I don't know. because <laughs> I am not seeing anything different. That is road course racing to me. What I, what I saw at Coda is I have seen at Sonoma numerous times. I have seen at Watkins Glen numerous times. Um, this, we talked about it last week. This 
BS of drivers not respecting each other and, and you know, on the track and stuff. I just, it's such a joke. I, I don't understand. Again, you know, we talked about it last week. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but it is going to come up in a lot of the audio um, because for whatever reason, it is a talking point that the media has chosen to jump on. And it's what all the drivers were being asked and, 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 and talked about this week. Um, I want to, I posed it as our question of the week, kind of up on the poll question. And I want to know if folks think that there is a lack of respect on the track between the drivers, does it seem like there's more of a lack of, of respect now than there was in the past? You can answer yes or no. That's the poll question. We'll discuss it and talk about it um, again, you know, and, and you guys give me y'all's thoughts, after, especially after seeing what you saw at Coda. But I just don't understand it, Mike. I mean, to me, road course racing is hard racing no matter what the series. But in NASCAR, it's it's almost twofold because those cars are so big um they're so heavy they're so powerful that the guys lean on each other so much but there's really not give and take because if you give even just the littlest bit i mean you can lose four to six positions like that going into a turn by giving to somebody and so i don't understand why all of a sudden it's this there was no give and everybody's, you know, it's a, it's demolition derby out there. And no, it's not. I, I feel like there it's, it's not any different in my opinion. What it is, is these cars are tougher and can take the beatings. Yeah. So, you know, your thoughts, y'all were there. You tell me, you know, am I just, am, is what I'm seeing so different than what other people are seeing? Well, first off, I want to say, by the way, your your nails look great. I love the checkered flag. Uh, well, we just got wish- those done a few minutes <laughs> yeah. ago. It's yeah. like a bright chartreuse, rookie color green <laughs> on all of these, and then two checkered flags. <laughs> I should have done it on the middle finger. <laughs> look at my checkered flags. No, okay, sorry. Go no, ahead. I, they, look, they look really cool. I, they, I couldn't help but not notice them. No, but going back to what you were saying, Don, you know, if you give a give a little bit, somebody else is going to come in there and take your positions away, and that's basically it. I don't know if if, if it's the media that's uh, generating this buzz as far as and all this talk about you know the give and take, and you know, and it's too everybody's too aggressive. But this is road racing. I mean, I, I saw an old clip from a race at Riverside. Uh, from years ago um, on YouTube the other day, and man, they were beating the hell out of each other on, on the track, beating and banging and everything. So this is nothing new. I mean, this has been going on in NASCAR for 74 years. Yeah. The aggressive driving and everything. That's part of what the sport's about. I don't see anything wrong with it. I thought the racing was great. I thought even in even mid-pack, we had great battles, even in the back of the pack. Um, you know, television can only show so much of the, um, of the race itself, but there's a lot more going on than what the, you know, the, the fan on TV sees, but I thought overall it was a great weekend of racing. And I thought the competition was great. I didn't see anything wrong with anything that happened on, on Sunday. And in the scheme of track size, I guess, and I'm sorry, and I, I'm going to get Michael's take on this. I just wanted to follow up really quick on what your point was. Coda, 
as far as, and I'm trying to think I should have done my research before, but Sonoma and Watkins Glen and stuff does not have as many turns, right? As Coda. Coda's pretty unique in that, right? With the 20 turns or whatever. I mean, that's, that's a lot. It, it's a huge track. I mean, it is a absolute monster of a track, but um, <laughs> the other, the other ones are what more like 12 or 13 turns, maybe. Yeah. And then a lot smaller length. I mean, Coda is 3.41 miles. So it's almost three and a half miles long. 20 turns and then you got the big hill and um, it's, it's a very unique track. It was, you know, originally built for formula one racing and the formula one races have been very good there over the years. The the track is hosted as V8 supercars from Australia. They've had the IMSA cars there. They, they continually each year bring the Moto GP motorcycles in. So you, you have great racing there. Some of the other tracks like Sonoma, Watkins Glen, definitely shorter in length, not as many turns, um, different different style of racetrack, the way those tracks were built and everything. So Coda is its own animal in, within itself. But Michael, what do, you, what do you think? Sorry, I was furiously trying to unmute myself. Goodness. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, just to echo kind of what you said, it, it was really good racing, I thought. Um, just off my first impression, I thought – I, I just really like the layout of the place. And if we're going to, you know, bring in the fan aspect of it, like there's really no bad place to be when you're there. Like I, that was something that really impressed me. It's like, cause you, you figure with the however 20 turns or whatever, 17 turns, whatever, like you might figure, ah, maybe, I don't know, turn 17 isn't as exciting as turn one or whatever the case may be. But at, and I, I walked around with dad and kind of saw all the turns and all the grandstands and it just, it blew me away. Um, it was really impressive. I, I and it helps that it's newer and and that you know probably helps that it was made for F one, so you're getting that kind of side of thing um, integrated into it as well. But uh, it just I don't know. There's something about it. It's very trendy. And and again, with all the different things you can do, it, it's fit for all ages. Um, but just in terms of the racing itself, yeah, I mean the racing was awesome. I think everyone was just mad that. Uh, Tyler Reddick was super <laughs> dominant because I mean the racing was I mean there were guys that really did everything they could to win that race just Tyler was just better <laughs> right but on the same note though with what with, with Michael's saying about Tyler being better Tyler didn't have it it wasn't easy I mean yes he had the car and he dominated the race but I tell you what they he fought off a hell of a charge from Kyle Busch Ross Chastain and and um, Alex Bowman and, and and a host of others throughout the race. And I tell you what, uh, it was no easy uh, task for him to get that victory. He had to really earn that victory on Sunday. Yeah, he did. And uh, but he's proven himself. And you know, I I saw a stat. I need to go and and relook at it. And I don't want to give. Basically, I think it said it. It was something about in the last. Was it four seasons? I don't know. I don't, I, I'm going to give the wrong thing, but basically Tyler Reddick right now, if, if you take like the percentage or, or something, he, he would be the driver that would have the best percentage as of right now, as far as wins on road courses and stuff, I believe. Um, he, he has definitely proven himself to be a road course racer. And, um, you know, there, there was a lot of stuff that, that took place and we're going to, we're going to dive in. We've got lots of audio, um, for you. And of course, um, with that the controversy, there's always got to be some sort of controversy. We had teammates going after each other. We had, you know, people people in the booth crying. We had, you know, Bubba Wallace saying he needs to be replaced. There was, you name it, we had it, and that's just 
the CODA stuff. I mean, just wait till we have to talk about everything else that we've got coming up. So let's dive in. We mentioned Tyler Reddick there uh, in that Monster Energy number 45 car. Uh, Mike, I know we've got quite a bit of audio. I I think you've got three different pieces of audio um, from Tyler. Uh, Go ahead, set it up for us and let us know what we're going to be listening to. Okay, the first is the uh, front straightaway interview right after the uh, checkered flag fell. Here we go. He might be able to do a couple more restarts, Mike. I'm not sure that he wants to, though. Tyler, you had to overcome three restarts at the end of that race, multiple restarts, different pit strategies throughout the course of the day. When it was all said and done, though, this car was just flat out fast. What does this one mean? It means the world. Um, yeah, this, this whole 2311 D's been working so hard all winter long to, to make the road course program better. I was extremely motivated to come in here and so I got to take this thing out uh, and improve that performance too. So just so proud of this Monster Energy Toyota Camry TRD. I mean, this whole team, Toyota, everybody, all the resources, everything they've been putting into this to help turn around the road course program means a lot. I'm Brad. I'm out of, I'm out of gas, but uh, I feel a little bit better with Monster Energy. Tyler Reddick, your winner in Circuit of the Americas. And that audio there is courtesy of Fox and NASCAR there. That's the uh, interview there on the front straightaway. So he <laughs> uh, he was really worn out after the race. And I, I even had to sit down by the car and put some ice bags on him. He was, he worked, like I said, he worked for that victory on Sunday, Don. It was no easy, you know, thing to do so well speaking of work and he worked that sponsorship plug in pretty good there i liked it i liked it i told dad the same thing i said wow cha-ching man and he did it also in the media center he did it again (laughs) i think like one or two more times i was like man he's racking up the incentives right now it's like the, coke, like the Coke drivers, because, you know, I back in the day, I don't know if it's still this way, but back in the day, there used to be a thing where I guess they got like X amount of money for taking a drink on, on the air or whatever of the, of the whatever. So it's like, you know, every opportunity, it, was, it would be like so like random, you know, and stuff. I mean, you're like, how much do you want to drink? You know, cause, but every time the other day I'm in the labels perfectly, you know, turned and stuff. Uh, it got so ridiculous, Michael, you're so young that uh, it got so ridiculous that there was one time in victory lane. And if I'm not mistaken, it was our, it was Kurt Bush that got, um, <laughs> he got crapped on for it when he was in the number two Miller light Dodge at the time. And he was in victory lane and you see him go to take a drink the beer wasn't open and they caught it on camera that it wasn't an open beer. It's like, dude, come on, <laughs> take a drink of it. Open the damn thing and take a drink. But anyway, I digress. Um, all right. Next, next Tyler Reddick. What do we got? Okay. We got Tyler in the media center. So here's his reaction uh, to a couple of questions about the race. Here we go. Um, and I, I honestly wasn't doing the best job on those restarts. Uh, you know, a few of the times giving up one, two spots, um, and all but that very last one, I'm um, having a battle for position uh, down into the S's, which is a very tricky area of the racetrack considering track limits and all those things. You know, one bump, one thing goes wrong, you might be getting penalized. So definitely putting ourselves at risk there. So you know, if I have one thing looking at, at the whole weekend, I could, wish I could have done better, would have been qualifying and um, just cleaned up those restarts a little bit. So, you know, just there, there is things to learn for sure, but uh, it all went really well in the last one. Um, got, got off a turn, uh, turn one, uh, without any real, uh, you know, threats. I have no idea. I was just focusing on, uh, my restarts and what I had going on. Obviously there was a lot of cautions at the end, but, um, I mean, the way that things kind of have progressed, you know, the, fr- the front and rear bumpers of this car are really 
resilient. Um, you can really hit someone pretty, pretty, pretty hard without knocking the nose of your car off. Um, and the rear bumpers are really tough too. So, uh, you know, we saw that at the clash, people just being able to go in there and lean on each other front to rear. Um, so, um, it kind of brings that to light at the end of these races. Um, but, but seriously though, you know, you look at turn one here, turn one at Indy road course, um, they're very inviting corners with a lot of room and, you know, it's just a product of, of restarts and the nature of NASCAR racing and how aggressive, um, all the drivers are. Someone's going to be on the short end. Yep. Someone, <clears throat> excuse me, someone was on the short end. Several of them were, but anyway, Don, uh, he, uh, you know, William Byron took, got the pole, uh, with a lap of 130.76 seconds at 93.882 miles per hour. Um, it was William Byron's ninth pole in 186, uh, NASCAR, uh, series, uh, cup races. And, uh, his first pole and third top 10 start in 2023, I thought William Byron was going to be the one that was going to get the victory uh, shoe in, you know, for the victory. But uh, as the race went on, things changed. But Tyler, uh, he, he he looked good. You know, he talked about qualifying. He wished he could have done a little bit better, but he still was, you know, he's done really well. He, it was his first top 10 start of 2023. And <clears throat> it was his third in three races at Coda. So he's, uh, he typically does well qualifying at Coda and, and that this is a track that really suits his driving style from the vantage point for that, that, that I, I, I see. So. Wow. It was, um, it was a joy watching him. I know you said you've got one more piece of audio from him, right? Yeah. In, in regards to uh, Kyle finishing second in, okay. in, in, in the uh, eight car. So here's, here's what they have to say about that. Was it weird and or extra motivating to have the eight car that you're battling for the win? Um, you know, I, Kyle races with a lot of respect. I know he gets a bad rap from, from a number of fans out there, but um, pretty much from day one coming into the cup series, um, Kyle's Kyle and I have raced with really, really well around each other uh, for the last couple of years. I knew he was going to give everything he had. Um, and I knew that team would, but, but certainly, you know, um, you, you heard him talk about it, right? Like just the respect in the garage, not being what it used to be. Um, and he's one of the few drivers that, that certainly really still races with that honor and integrity and, and wants to, you know, race fair, race hard, race clean. So, um, you know, I knew he wasn't going to do anything too crazy. You know, there was other cars lined up behind me, uh, throughout the day that I was very concerned about a dive bomb or a bump or something like that. But, um, when you got one of the best in the business behind you and Kyle, you know, you're going to get raced really hard and you have to execute perfectly. Um, but it's going to be really, really clean. And we'll hear from Kyle Bush in just a few minutes, Don, but basically uh, Kyle did everything he could to get by Tyler Redrick and he just couldn't do it. Didn't have the car. Well, I'm glad that, you know, for Tyler, that as of right now, you know, that Kyle has raced him with respect and, and that kind of thing. Cause we, we talked about that last week, Mike, about the irony of Kyle Busch complaining about people <laughs> and their lack of respect on the track and, and, and the way that they race. And I just, I find that funny. I mean, I, I just really do because I've seen, you know, I mean, hello, we've all seen, you know, Mike, do you remember being at Texas Motor Speedway when Kyle decided that uh, he wasn't going to show any respect to um, who was it that he took out and put in the wall back then? In the, in the, in the truck series? Yeah, that was old. Uh, who uh, was that? 
Oh, why? Uh, Ron Hornaday. Was Hornaday. that uh, Ron Hornaday? Yeah. Ron Hornaday that he decided yeah. <laughs> to put in the wall and stuff. And yeah. And, you know, we watched him take Dale Jr. out a couple of times and, you know, some others. So wasn't it the Hornaday incident? Did they park Kyle for the, for the oh, Sunday yeah. race yes, or for the did. rest of the weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, he could have hurt him back. Hell, we watched him take his brother out. Remember? <laughs> we watched both yeah. go at it there for a while. Remember, they weren't talking for a long time, and it made things very awkward at Grandma's house over Thanksgiving. That was a story. I kid <laughs> not. So, um, and speaking of uh, Kurt Bush, you had some audio from Kurt, too, right? Uh, was it uh, Kurt in the booth, his call of uh, with Reddick? No, I, I don't have that, Don. I thought oh, that's okay. I, I, that's okay. I thought we did. We can just do this real quick. So, yeah, Kurt got very emotional in the booth um, when when Reddick was coming around to Victory Lane. He talked about the fact that um, you know twenty three eleven as an organization themselves had been working so hard for the for the win or or you know to improve and stuff. And said, you know, he really. Um, he's just happy for the organization, first of all, but he was getting choked up because he really wants to be back in that car. He's wanted to be back yeah. in that car, but he sees that it's in good hands. Um, and so it was very emotional for him. And, you know, that was funny because the, for whatever reason, there was people that took to the, you know, to social media you're supposed to be professional and be non-biased in the booth or whatever. And I'm like, since when? I mean, you know, you yeah. don't have to be. I mean, but it, I thought, it, I thought it was so special, first of all, because it just, you can see how much he still wants to be there. But the fact that he was so happy for the team, for the organization, and Mike, um, you guys can attest to this because it was talked about out there at CODA, I believe, um, by Denny Hamlin and others. The impact that Kurt Busch has had on that entire organization outside of the outside of driving the car. I think, guys, if I'm not mistaken, I have seen at least on social media, I believe he is at every race. He's been at every race so far. Um, He goes with the teams and stuff. And I mean, he is there kind of in a mentoring role for for the entire organization. Yeah. And what the audio that I have, Don, is Denny Hamlin's reaction to Kurt Busch. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I have. But anyway, no, uh, you know, I don't know why people would get, be upset with Kurt Busch uh, for getting emotional. Do, I mean, do we all remember Daryl Waltrip when, 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 when Michael won the Day- Daytona 500 and that was the year that senior was killed in the crash. And, yeah, and they said Ned Jarrett did the same thing for Dale Jarrett. And yeah, it's uh, just but- human human re- reaction human emotion there i mean it's, it's, it's the it's same normal. people though that have been bitching for the last few weeks when tony stewart was in the booth and they're like this is just the stewart hawes racing show and you know that's <laughs> you know it's just have to have something to complain about but um well should we play that denny hamlin audio then real quick yeah so here's what denny had to say about kurt bush and the emotions that he showed in the booth here we go yeah i mean it's <clears throat> It for sure would be for Kurt. I mean, he's he was supposed to be in this car uh, this year, and obviously, it, you know, with you know, his full time career, you know, being cut short, it, it it it's different. It makes you feel different when you see your car going around the racetrack. And um, you know, as a team, we've been thrown a lot of curveballs, right? You know, we've had um, I, I think last year five drivers in our team in our cars when we had two full time drivers, and that was all we were planning on. Um, but you know, Kurt's been an interest, uh, uh, integral part of what we do week in, week out. He shows up to practices. Uh, he shows up to our debriefs, uh, really help, helps with our partners. And, 
you know, just a, a great asset to our team. And, you know, if, if he can just bring one thought or idea to our drivers uh, in a weekend of something that he sees from the outside, then he's, he's worth his weight in gold to us. So, um, you know, we, we love having Kurt. Uh, he's a great teammate. He, he really makes us, uh, you know, he bonds the team. He, he brings RC cars to the race, to the race shop and has, you know, the, the guys, you know, involved in doing that. So, um, he, he's still a, a driver for 2311 and, and team member for, for life. There you go, Don. That's, so that's what Denny had to say about Kurt. And, uh, I thought it was pr- pretty, pretty nice, you know, yeah, no, definitely was. And like I said, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, when he was in the booth, I like Kurt, you know, I've, I've gotten to talk with him and, and, uh, numerous times throughout the years. Um, but a couple of times really, you know, one-on-one with him and, and stuff. And it was, he's just, he's a very, very nice guy. He's definitely changed, you know, uh, through the years as he's gotten older and stuff. And he's just, I, I'm going to tell you, for me, listening to the coverage this week, and and I I enjoy Tony Stewart. Don't get me wrong, um, but there was a, there's a different Tony's very monotone. You know, I mean, you know how Tony is. He's funny as as I'll get up, but he's very monotone. Kurt is perfect in the booth. I mean his his voice, uh, his cadence, everything. He's just he's he's so good in there. And in my opinion, this past week he he brought a dynamic to the booth that has just been missing and and for me it just the fox broadcast finally kind of came together i it was just a nice balance i liked and i can't remember god i hate that i don't write things down the gentleman's name from haas that was in the booth with them um uh he was great when i could understand him and i I don't mean that in a mean way but he's you know got the thick accent and stuff and then when they would bring chase elliott in i was actually i i told you mike off the air i was pleasantly surprised because chase actually had a little you know a little personality excuse me and was funny actually had a few you know little one-liners and stuff that i i i didn't expect so um it it was it was good we we listened to the broadcast they were you know pumping it through the uh, sound system in the, in the media center, Michael, what what do you think? Uh, you you got a chance to hear the guys talk. Did you uh, did you like the, the what they were saying and the way they, the chemistry that they had among each other? Yeah, I thought it was really good. To to Don's point about Chase, when they brought him in, you know, we've talked to Chase before, and and my first impression of him was, you know, it fits kind of the mold of what Don was saying, just very kind of blunt, very you know short spoken kind of guy uh not much personality to him just like don said but i one thing that really impressed me about him obviously he was great on the broadcast he was fantastic um what i respected about him not only doing that um was before he jumped on the air he tweeted i saw this before the race started he put out a tweet y'all, y'all may or may not have seen this but he was like hey nascar fans like i'm going to be on the broadcast today uh, chipping in what what are some things that y'all don't like about you know common broadcasting like what are some pros and cons to it? what do y'all want to hear out of me what do y'all not what are y'all tired of hearing from either drivers that come on there or just regulars like what can I add to make this a better experience for y'all is basically what he was asking and again I think that helped because he was probably using that as feedback and you know scrolling through it and seeing what people were saying and I saw some interesting things on there I can't really remember excuse me, off the top of my head, what some of the feedback, you know, that that he did get. But um, again, I mean, that just really impressed me about the guy. And I think 
that paid dividends for him on that broadcast because you just sitting in the media center listening to it. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I thought for the, you know, the here and there when they would throw him a softball and he would, you know, have a chance to talk, he, he did a really good job. So I, again, to answer your question, I, I thought it was a, a, the chemistry was good. And I thought Chase did a really, um, <clears throat> really, really good job. So. I am. Um, I, uh, I just want to say something, Don, real quick. Yeah. Don, you know, um, for those that are listening or wondering why, why is Chase not racing? If you didn't hear the story, he broke his leg in a skin accident and had to have surgery and everything. And so he's out for a few weeks until he can get back to racing. So that's, that's why he was, uh, at home doing a remote, uh, feed, feed into the, to the, uh, to the show. And, uh, that's why we, we saw him, you know, there, whatever. Well, the interesting thing I thought was that he's not at home. He wasn't he wasn't there in Georgia or in North Carolina. He was in Colorado uh, <laughs> where the incident happened. But um, uh, anyway, but but I thought, too, what what I thought was interesting and I want to give kudos to Fox to their to their coverage, because for having four guys in the booth, <laughs> which is a lot to have four guys in the booth and to pipe in somebody remotely through the broadcast throughout it. And then you pipe in Larry Mack, who's in the studio in Charlotte. I mean, that's six guys that you've got talking at all different times and stuff. And, you know, that is not easy. And I felt like I think maybe one time <laughs> they kind of stepped on each other a little bit, um, but that was really it. And I, I, I honestly felt like it, it went relatively seamlessly and 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 i enjoyed it i really did i think it'd be neat for them to consider maybe bringing in more people like that bring in some other people remotely just to give opinions and stuff here and there that would be fun yeah speaking of larry mack i saw today he's going to be on the fox broadcast next weekend at richmond so there you go yeah in fact social media has already been lighting up with good and then leave him in there afterwards because <laughs> that is i think what everybody and i i totally agree with them i think larry mack the, that was the biggest mistake is not i just wondered though if maybe some of that has to do with larry maybe larry was just you know at the point where you know traveling to each of the rice tracks over and over maybe it gotten to be a little much and so he's at the charlotte studio you know and he does everything from the charlotte studio but um i i i love larry mack being full-time in the booth uh with a call i think he's he's just he's great Plus, he's yeah. funny. You and I know how funny he is. He has great stories. Um, back to our audio. I know. So Kyle Bush, we mentioned uh, finishing second. And I know you've got some audio of Kyle. Yeah, here's what Kyle had to say after the race. Here we go. And Kyle Bush brings it home second today. You guys had that strategy, got that track position there. And then three overtime restarts. What did you need, Kyle, just to hold off? Tyler and, and you get one spot better yeah I don't know if we could have even if we were on equal tires I mean when we tested here they were lights out and had us beat on the front side of the runs we needed longer runs but even today for some reason we just didn't have a really great long run speed we had good middle run speed but overall um, you know for as much as effort and everything that we've put into coming here and, and focusing on this place and all the testing and everything that we've been able to do over the offseason we come out here with a really good finish so you know um Tyler's obviously a really good road racer. I mean, he proved it driving this car here last year and I was able to get in it and, and run right back to him. So I've been trying to emulate the things that he did and in order to make this car fast last year and just not quite all the way there, but um, they had a whale of a car and I want to thank Netspin for, for being on our, on our car here this weekend in Austin, hometown partner for us right here in, in Austin, Texas. And so uh, excited to get them a runner up finish. Thanks Kyle. Well done. Yeah. 
like I said a while ago, Don, you know, Kyle did everything he could to get around Tyler there at the end of that race, just going to do it. I mean, Tyler was hooked up and and uh, doing um, doing a great job, you know, wheeling that car. Wow. Um, I'm sorry about that. I didn't have my audio up. Yeah, no, he, he did a, he did a great job. And I mean, we all know Kyle's a great road course racer himself. So, um, loved it. And I, I mean, I, I liked, I liked, you know, what he had to say there about racing, you know, Tyler and others. So, um, we mentioned Bubba Wallace earlier. Well, we mentioned 2311. So 2311, the, the team itself had some highs, had some lows. I mean, there for a while, Bubba qualified, first of all, for this race. Amazingly. I mean, I, I want to say he started the race 11th, I believe, and he was running okay. And then kind of, uh, had, had a mechanical issue, uh, that happened. And, you know, I, I watched some replays and, uh, quite a few people had some replays and, and, talked about it and stuff and i want to say didn't him and kyle larson kind of get into each other there for a little bit or something oh yeah <laughs> yeah so i'm um, which i think may have kind of contributed to uh to him going out of the race but uh bubba you know let's well let's just play the audio and then we'll discuss because once again of course no matter what comes out of bubba's mouth there's going to be people that are going to have issue with it so uh let's just hear what he had to say and then we'll discuss yeah, this is courtesy of Fox Sports. Uh, Jamie Little caught him, uh, caught up with him outside the InCare Media uh, Media Center, InCare Medical Center, <laughs> and um, here's uh, what what Bubba had to say. Um, broke toe link in the rear, and then oil on. Just uh, trying my hardest not to go down that slippery slope of self doubt right here. Two weeks in a row making rookie mistakes, six years in a cup, need to be replaced. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And that set off a lot of people. Yeah. Especially the the Bubba haters. I had to go listen to it again because at first I thought that what he said was, you know, six cups or six years in the cup um, need to be replaced. And I thought that what he meant by it was like the way that the finishes and stuff and the way that his, you know, that some of the things that he's done, it, it needs to be replaced. Like meaning he needs to turn it around and get some better things going is, is what I thought. But then when I went back and listened, it's like, I think he was kind of, I kind of feel like he's being sarcastic in it. You know, I think he was keeping his self doubt, but he knows because he reads and he knows what people say. And every week, that's one of the biggest things is they need to replace him. He he doesn't need that ride. He didn't deserve that ride. He sucks. He's this. He's that. And so, <laughs> you know, I just Bubba and Michael, I'm going to go to you or Michael, I'm going to go to you first because uh, your dad and I talk about this a lot. But I this is what I have. Again, I have love-hate relationships with a lot of drivers. This is what I love about Bubba. I love it and I hate it. I hate that he is so hard on himself, uh, that he does have such self-doubt issues and and that he carries this de- the depression issues and stuff that he deals with. What I love about him is, A, he's open about that. He has let us into, you know, know about this. Um, but two... Dude wears his heart on his sleeve and he just, you know, he, you get him out of the car. He's, he's just like a Kyle Bush, just like anybody else. You get him out of the car and you're going to get what you're going to get. You know, I mean, he is not going to hold back emotions and be a robot. He is just going to give you what he's feeling at the time. And, you know, I, for, for myself, 
I enjoy it because to me, I feel like if I met Bubba, you know, if I sat and talked with Bubba and he's having a bad day, that's what I'm going to get is I'm going to get Bubba telling me that he's having a bad day and being as open as he possibly can, that he is not going to hold back anything. For me, that's what I like. And that's what I want to see in a driver. I want to see somebody that's hungry. It's just for me also, it's hard for me to to watch him be so self-destructive. Um, it's scary almost. I, I think I it, like it frightens me sometimes because he just it, it's so bad. It, it really is. He he's he's just got a very bad headspace sometimes. Uh, what what are your thoughts on what you saw and what you heard? Yeah, no, just like you said, there's two sides to that coin. From my personal experience, I've covered two people that remind me a little bit of Bubba in terms of the openness and honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor's women's basketball coach, Nikki Collin is a lot like that. She just uh, like, she will tell you how she's feeling, what she's feeling and why. Um, and, and Bubba's clearly like that too. I, I see a lot more, I mean, to the point of your, cause we know about his depression and stuff. That's a little bit deeper. Um, th- there's definitely some bad to that. Just like you said, um, cause you don't want him going down a dark hole. Um, but I see so much benefit to someone being open and honest and being, um, uh, holding themselves accountable is the word I was looking for there because clearly that the guy cares, just like you said. I mean, clearly he wants to get better. He wants to be great. He has that drive to want to be among the best. And I think it's it's better than just the the typical, I, I call it coach speak, because like we hear a bunch of coaches or athletes or professionals just, you know, say the right thing or say the the most normal thing. And and um, I just I love that that Bubba is open and honest about that. The other person, by the way, uh, along with Nikki Collin is Blake Shapin, just the quarterback at Baylor. He was like he came to the first practice the other day and was just like, yeah, I didn't step up as much of a leader last year as I needed to be. And he just he was so hard on himself and beating himself down. And um, and like you said, Don, I mean, that like it, it's it's hard to see these guys do that. Um, but again, they they that proves that they really do want to be great. And they have, you know, that that drive to want to do that. So I, I see more good and bad out of what Bubba did in my eyes. All right. And, my, and Mike, I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you agree, though, that we may be blowing it? And, and by we, I don't just mean us, but just people in general. I, I think we kind of blow it out of perspective a little bit too because okay, how many times does the average person and, and by the average person i'm talking about me or yourself or whatever how many times do we do something at home we're like, oh god you're such an idiot or you know you're a bonehead we just don't have a microphone in front of our face and we're not in front of you know millions of people watching at the time but i know i do it all the time i mean i i you know call myself names and you know just, i mean whatever but <laughs> i mean that's that's what I feel. He's just, I mean, he, he, like I said, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. And, and I guess because we do know his history of, uh, with, you know, mental health stuff, you know, and depression and stuff. Um, it, it kind of, I guess, makes it, you know, in, increases it or makes it a little bit more, uh, in our face, I, I guess. But I just, at the same time, I kind of like have to step back for a minute, like I said, and be like, how is this really any different than anybody else on any normal day that does something stupid or whatever? I mean, we, we all kind of bash ourselves or whatnot here and there, because I think sometimes we do it too, to build ourselves back up within ourselves, you know? If it, um, so I don't know your thoughts on that. Well, I, I agree with you to a certain extent there, Don. Um, <clears throat> the, um, yeah, we all make mistakes. I've made a lot of them and, and, and will continue to do so, but 
But, you know, the way I look at it is uh, the fans are tired of him complaining all the time and, and this pity party that he's on sometimes. I mean, good grief. I mean, I know he suffers from depression and I'm sure he's on medication and everything. Hopefully he is. Hopefully he's getting, you know, counseling, whatever he needs. But you're racing for one of the biggest teams there is. You've got an owner, Michael Jordan, who's behind you 100%. Denny Hamlin is behind you 100%. You've got a teammate now, Tyler Rhetoric, who's, who's a great driver. Get out there. Enjoy, the, enjoy what you're doing. Stop, you know, beating yourself up. It's, you're going to have a bad race. You're going to have a good race. I mean, you're qualifying well. You're finishing well for the most part. I know he's had a few, you know, bad races, but overall, I mean, he's, he's, he's doing better than he was in the past, but take advantage. Uh, my message to him is take advantage of the opportunity that you have right now at your age to, to compete with his team and, 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 and compete in this series and, and do the best you can and stop beating yourself up. You know, it's, 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 it's a sport. It, it, you're not going to win all the time. And, and, Things aren't always going to go your way, but but keep trying and keep pushing yourself and don't go down the dark hole. That that would be my message to Bubba. Right. And I, I can agree with you. I mean, on that, I would say, I guess for myself, being a, being a Bubba fan and, you know, um, probably being a girl <laughs> and having <laughs> emotions involved in it, but no, I look at it like this. This is when, whenever I look at Bubba stuff and especially because I read the things and there's just, you know, there's two ways to do this. Let me, I'm going to give two examples really quick. One is I always do the, okay, if this was Chase Elliott that got out of the car and said this, would this even be an issue? No, it wouldn't. It would, nobody would be complaining every week if, if Chase was had self-doubt and, and talked crap about himself or was pissed off that he, you know, no one would care. Bubba, it becomes, it's times 10 because the, yeah. the haters will amplify it and say that he's being a crybaby or whatever. At the same note, my other point to this is as somebody, and Mike, you watched the special, you you watched the documentary with him, uh, Race, and I invite folks to go and watch it. I, I believe it was Netflix that it was on. One of the things that I think people forget, and especially the haters forget, because they love to point out, oh, he, he's only won this or this, before he came to the Cup Series, because I mean, even you can go to the Xfinity Series, but definitely in the trucks. He won in everything he was growing up. He was a winner. He won in everything. He was dominant, you know, a driver in, in all of the series that he's ever been in. It hasn't been till he's gotten to the cup series really that he has struggled. And, and to that note, he's been in shitty cars in the past too. And, and that plays a lot. He hasn't had a lot of success um, in the cup series now, yes, he is in a position and in a car, you know, that he can he can get this done in. And he is, you know, on a whole, I think if you look at his entire since he's been with 2311, if he, not just finishes, but just look at races in general, he has raced a lot better. He has been in better positions. He has qualified better. He has been studying the road courses and has done a lot better on those on those tracks and stuff. Um, and there are races, Mike, that you and I know this, we do it every week that he goes to that we legitimately will say Bubba Wallace, you can, you could say is a contender for a win, um, at, at certain tracks and stuff. So, um, and no, not Daytona and Talladega because <laughs> everybody's a contender there. But my point is, is I just feel like, um, you know, for, for guys 
I mean, Kyle Bush is like Kyle Bush is his, you know, it's not a self-doubt thing, but Kyle Bush just hates to lose and cries about it when he loses. And we talk of we've talked about him for years. Um, so, you know, I mean, really and truly, when you look at it on paper, it's just losing sucks. And it's just how guys deal with it. Either, you know, either you whine about it like Kyle, like Kurt Bush, I mean, Kyle Bush does. Or you become a, you know, you're, you're negative in your own headspace, like, like Bubba does. But I mean, in the end, basically they're kind of doing the same thing. You know what I mean? What's, but it's just the way that social media and stuff reacts to it. And for me, the bad part of that is, is Bubba feeds into a lot of that and it brings him down even more. So um, I don't know, Kurt Bush came to, you know, immediately was uh, on the broadcast and said, you know, he hates he hates when Bubba does that, when that Bubba is so hard on himself. He is his own worst critic. And he's like, you know, I mean, he has seen such amazing things and he feels that Bubba is such an amazing teammate and, um, and, and such an asset to, to there. So, um, and I know Denny has had very, you know, I mean, Denny stands behind him as well too. So um, take that haters. I don't think he's going to be going anywhere and, and, you know, one good finish or a win Mike and, and everything turns around. Exactly. But I think at some point, uh, if he doesn't not stop doing this, it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. It, Yeah. I mean, it very well could. Yeah. Unless, I mean, unless, of course, he has people behind him that understand this is Bubba. This is what we get with Bubba. And we're just going to keep, you know, building him up because we feel like his value that he brings to the team, you know, is is worth more than that than that. You know what I mean? Because you, maybe you're not guaranteed something. Maybe you're not guaranteed with somebody else that comes in that you're going to get, you know, what Bubba does bring. And Bubba brings a lot of stuff outside of the track to 2311 racing, um, whether people want to, you know, like it or not. So, um, all right, moving on. So we have some more audio, though, from Denny Hamlin, don't we? Yeah, Denny, um, let's see. Yeah, Denny talks about the race itself uh, his, his, uh, and the intensity of the, you know, of all the spins and everything. So here's what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, certainly it's a big pressure situation probably for Tyler because you've been the dominant car all weekend. You've had the field covered. And, you know, at, at that point when you're leading the race, it's your race to lose. You know, there's not much to gain. There's only a lot to lose if, if he doesn't execute, right? So um, for him to, to manage those pressure situations and um, execute on restarts, it's, it's huge. I mean, trust me, I, you know, it's, you get back where I'm at in, in the middle of the field and it's just chaos, right? And so, um, you know, it, it, it's just a matter of whether the lane you pick, there's a car sitting in the middle of the track or not, whether you're going to get through. But it seems like the, the racing is a lot cleaner in the first few rows. The one time the scout strategy worked out perfect. We restarted third on the first screen wide checkered. Uh, I got a cut tire. And so um, just, just bad luck and, and whatnot. But, you know, I think this is a lot about Tyler's poise and it's what I saw all week in his performance, not only the simulator, but <clears throat> is it like the Oscars where y'all give me the music? Um, it's uh, he, he just slows everything down. He's running fast, but he's doing it in slow motion which is just a sign of someone that's in control. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's good chaos or not. I mean, right. We, we had two laps to go two hours ago and, and it just felt like it just kept going on and on. 
you know, again, I don't know what we do about it. And what that was, you could hardly hear Don Bob Pockers was asking about the chaos there at the end of the race and, you know, wh- why the race had to be extended, you know, three different times, basically. And that, Triple. I saw a lot of people, there was comments about that too. Um, in fact, somebody had posted, I think it was Jeff Gluck, I think said that somebody was asking him about the Chicago race or it was a reporter or something that was talking about the Chicago Grand Prix that's coming up. And they're like, please tell me that's not what we're going to be seeing, you know, <laughs> what we saw in the last hour. But like, well, I mean, we, again, we've well, seen numerous restarts at other tracks. Yeah. And, you know, Tyler Redrick, uh, they asked him, uh, Michael, help me out here. Uh, basically, Tyler was talking about, they asked him about this and Tyler's like, look, you know, I'm glad that we went to triple overtime basically because we want the, for the fans, we want to have a race to end under green. You know, we don't want to, the, the, they pay a lot of money. I wish I would have pulled the audio for that because it's, it's, it's in the press conference. You can go to racedaysa.com. When you read my story uh, or the wire story there, you can, the whole press conference is embedded in there if you want to hear what he actually had to say. But basically uh, the fans don't want to see it in a, in under a yellow flag. They wanted to see it go all the way green and then finally a checkered flag at the end. So. Well, and folks forget too that, especially at road courses, when there's cautions after wrecks and stuff, I mean, the, the cleanup takes longer at those tracks and stuff a lot of times uh, because there's so much more debris and things that get thrown up onto the track. And uh, there's just, there's a lot of issues when it comes to the road courses, the cautions just tend to be longer. Um, so I don't know, you know, again, the, the fans got their money's worth. I don't know what people are complaining about. So um all right mike and you know hey, we, we lost we lost michael for a second he said that um his wi-fi dropped him but he's going to try to jump back in okay so, well, we'll, so. we'll bring him back here in just a second as soon as we see him pop up so um mike i know you know what we talked about there for a minute the hard racing or you know so people are saying that there's hard racing there was different drivers that were talking about the racing styles and stuff um of the track uh, NASCAR's Elton Sawyer, I know, uh, commented on one of the shows this week, and I know you have the audio of it on um, if he feels, you know, is, is the racing has the racing been more aggressive um, and, and was it more aggressive there at Coda? Um, you know, what, what what's going on? Uh, we have that audio, right? Yeah. Here's what Elton had to say. Uh, I think it was today. All right. We didn't see anything that, that crossed the line. Our DNA for 74 plus years has been aggressive driving. You know, I think what is what we see today and, and a, a little bit of a byproduct, which is still good, is the durability of our next gen car. And our drivers know that so they can even be more aggressive. Um, so, yeah, I think there is a line. The teams and drivers understand, uh, for the most part, where that line is. And, and if we see something that looks just blatantly obvious and we're going to get involved, but that's not, um, that's not something that we want to get involved in. We want the drivers to be able to handle that. Some of that, I believe also, if you look at the, we, we love road racing, our fans love it. They love the excitement. But when you look at turns like turn one at Coda or even turn one at Indy, they're, they're set up to basically, it's a fast um, high speed entry 
and late break-in is a byproduct and a, and a part of passing on road courses. Will we see that at Richmond this week? No, you don't see that as cars enter turn one. You don't see it as they enter turn three. So I think it's just the venues that we go to. Um, it brings a different element, um, whether it be you know our short track racing at, at Richmond and Martinsville and dirt racing at Bristol or a road course racing. That, that aggressive driving is just, again, it's our DNA. And that, I like what he said. It's in our DNA, and it has been for 74 years. I mean, that's what NASCAR is all about. We need that. We need that aggressive racing. We need that aggressive driving and, and beating and banging. And that's what that's what attracted me to the sport years ago. And I want to see just more of it, Don. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I, I mean, like I said at the beginning, and I said it last week, and Michael's back. So uh, <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I don't understand why all of a sudden people think that, especially during this race, I mean, it was a road course race. It wasn't anything that I saw that was out of the ordinary, but, uh, Jeff Burton, uh, discussed this as well. I know we've got some audio too. And, uh, he talked about some stuff, right? Yeah. And here's what Jeff had to say. Uh, our drivers are underrated. You, you, it's so difficult to express how they attack every corner, every race, every lap. They maximize the corner speeds. Like, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy what they do on a weekly basis. We take it for granted. As, as a former driver, I take it for granted. Our fan base takes it for granted. Other fan bases give nowhere near the respect to the cup drivers that they should. Because to drive a heavy car like that, that doesn't stop, that doesn't accelerate, that doesn't have lateral grip, all the things it doesn't do is what makes it great. Fair play to their, their race craft and where they can put a car. That's what impressed me the most. Some really good drivers in NASCAR and Cup Series, especially on smoke courses, which, which surprised me a bit. So His words were perfect. And on top of that, he was spent. I mean, he was like when, the, you know, he talked about having to take a few breaks, like get some ice, get some. I mean, our drivers are truly some of the best in the world. And if anybody wants to challenge me on that, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, and that was uh, Jensen, uh, uh, Jensen Button. That was he was talking about because, and part of what Jeff Burton was was discussing is, um, I can't even talk here. But the drivers that had come in, like Jordan Taylor, and um, uh, well, uh, Kimi has raced before already once in the in the Cup Series, but uh, Kimi Rakanen and uh, and Jensen Button, they were talking about the fact that they were surprised, and it was mainly. Uh, Jensen and Jordan Taylor, who discussed during the race, like, wow, I, I mean, these guys are really leaning heavy on each other. Or they race, you know, he, this, this. I mean, it's just, you know, they were they were surprised, I guess, once the race got going, how the drivers are as far as handling the cars and leaning on each other and how hard they work each other and stuff. And, you know, there's this old who's you know what series has the most talented drivers or whatever and 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 people always look at f1 drivers or or will mention f1 drivers as being the elite uh drivers of all the racing series and nascar drivers kind of get you know poo-pooed on sometimes and but people don't realize you know that the nascar drivers it's like these cars are heavier i mean they they beat and bang more it's not pushing buttons on and I'm not not taking away anything from from Formula One drivers and stuff the speeds and stuff that they go at is very different but there's not a lot of passing there's not beating and banging for passing that's for sure in Formula One um, or even so much you know in any kind of open wheel driving there you, you don't get a lot of that um, and so to hear 
I, I think it was validating. I think is what Jeff Barton was basically trying to get at. It was validating to hear from these Formula One drivers or EMSA drivers and other drivers just kind of how much respect they had and appreciation for what these cup drivers are doing week by week in these cars and especially on the road course. Yeah, Don and and you know Kimi is uh, he 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 raced at uh, Toto in the Formula One race before. I I was there and saw him, so uh, he has ex- past experience on that track. And uh, but driving a stock car a little bit different. Yeah, and and Michael, I know uh, I know there in the media center uh, or or and throughout the weekend they talked to guys like Jordan Taylor and 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 Kimi and Jensen. Your thoughts on what you heard from those from those guys in the other series uh, and, and, and racing in the NASCAR, especially post-race. Um, what were your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you could tell that they thought it was different. Um, a little bit of a, of a, of a serious adjustment for sure. Kind of like what y'all alluded to. Uh, I mean, me, me and dad were talking about this kind of down the stretch. Uh, it was funny. Like it felt like when there was like two laps left, I think Denny Hamlin said it himself. It felt like that was like with two hours left in the race. Like it felt like it took two hours for those final restarts. Um, and one of the things we were <clears throat> content, me and dad were contemplating on, you know, doing a, maybe a little column or something on was the fact that those F1 guys were, you know, kind of struggling in the race. They were maybe middle of the pack or on that lower echelon, but they ended up, I think probably courtesy of the restarts, they finished fairly well. I mean, they were still kind of in that middle of the pack, but, um, I think like the one guy finished like 12th and it was like 12, 15, 17, something like that. Um, so honestly pretty respectable considering that was, you know, considering the adjustment and that kind of thing. But, uh, no, it was definitely a major storyline going into, going into the weekend. It was talked about, seemed like those guys were ready for the challenge, ready for, you know, doing that stock car, having, dealing with that, battling that adjustment. But, um, yeah, I think it, I think it, it's good for the sport. And I think it's, um, it's exciting. It added something different for the fans too. Um, it was, I, I was impressed. I thought, you know, I thought seeing them kind of propel themselves with those restarts was um, maybe a, a good ending for them, considering it wasn't the best of, of days for them on Sunday. Well, and, 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 and I was go just going to say, Michael was right. You know, uh, well, Benson, he, um, uh, Jensen Button, he finished uh, 18th. Let's see, going down the list here. Uh, Kimi was 29th. And then we had, um, I couldn't remember. I thought one guy finished in the top 15. Could be wrong. Well, I know Jordan Taylor. I, I was going to say, Mike, while you're looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Jordan Taylor, of course, qualified fourth. And he was up there. The The problem that Jordan had, and, and he admitted it there um, in his uh, in-car, they, they played it during the race, is there was one turn there very early in where when they got going, and he just – he um he didn't dive or he dove in too far and 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 spun his tires you know and 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 stuff and and burned his tires down a little bit and once he did that he lost ground and you know the other thing Mike that uh and Michael that a lot of people forget is of course road courses are very much a lot of times come down to the strategy, you know, to pit strategy and fuel strategy. And there was guys that were on different fuel strategies and stuff throughout the race. um, And that played a big part in it as well. But uh, Jordan probably out of all three of the guys is the one that most NASCAR fans have really been wanting to see in the series. He's just him and his, brother. Oh, we lost Michael again. Uh, Him and his brother are both uh, extremely talented. And, you know, 
I thought that his finish was not, you know, reflective really of, of how his entire race and his entire weekend, honestly, had gone. Um, Mike, I know you have yeah. audio, you have audio from both of those guys, don't yeah, you? I do, but uh, I want to say Jordan Taylor finished 24th. I skipped okay. over that one. Okay. Yeah, we do have audio. So let's uh, hear from, um, let's see, let's hear from Jensen Button first. Here we go. Okay. You get to the turn one and everyone's in the way. And people are braking later than me. And they just hit a car and use that to slow them down. So that was the thing for me. It's just, I have to say, I enjoyed the race. I'd say 60% of it. 40% of it kind of felt a bit silly. You know, the amount that we were hitting each other. And in turn one, I, people would have an inch overlap. And I would turn in and get whacked. Luckily, it didn't spin me around. And then on the exit, I gave him a big whack back. And... The revenge is enjoyable, but there's points where it feels it feels that we we could do better. I mean, the action's amazing. Don't get me wrong, and I have to give it to these guys. The first ten laps, they just destroyed me, left me standing. I mean, every time I was in a corner, I had someone overtaking me, and I was like, this just feels wrong. I mean, I'm I'm driving in a race where nothing feels natural. You know, normally when I race. If I go into a corner a little bit slower, no one's going to drive on the outside of me because they won't get there. But in a cup car, you can. So they'll go on the outside, put a wheel inside for the next turn, and then just push you off. So you have to give them room. So I took a while to learn the race car. And I haven't raced for three years either. So I've never hit a car, essentially. Um, and then after the first stint, when I changed tires, I was like, guy, put me in for clear air. I need some laps on my own. And they did. A really good job on the pit stop and i was able to run clear and i, I really enjoyed it and the pace was good and then the next in i'd had a whack from kimmy and it just felt so oversteery and i just went backwards and i also had eaten exhaustion um i was like guys i have to stop it was, it was that bad um so yeah i need to improve some things in the car i did stop near the end of the race for a minute twice to get some ice and some water because i was going to faint otherwise so yeah, it was tough, but I enjoyed the end. I got it wrong on the last restart, but I made up three or four, no more, like five or six places on the last two laps. So I enjoyed that. And there he goes. So, yeah, he, he, he seemed like he really had a good time. Yeah. And, Mike, I don't want to – I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but um, Formula One races, I mean, it would probably be, what, half the laps of the yeah. NASCAR race? So. Yeah. I mean, endurance wise and stuff, and he admitted it there. I mean, he had to stop a couple of times from ice and water and stuff. I mean, I, again, you know, these guys, they don't, and, and, and this goes for just anybody in general who likes to say that drivers aren't athletes. I mean, you have no idea what these guys are putting their bodies and stuff through, um, especially on this road course. But I know he said, um, and I want y'all's, y'all's take on this. He said, 60% of the race was enjoyable and stuff, but the, then the rest he thought was kind of silly. But what I don't think that he understands, I, I think they need to get him on a, on an oval race, you know, let him race on an oval um, to understand where some of that beating and banging and laying on each other, how it plays in on the oval tracks as well. Because again, that beating and banging coming, especially in stage racing. I mean, it could make the difference. You don't, you just don't understand. People just don't understand how close NASCAR, you know, things are in NASCAR racing. It's just, it's a completely different animal than, than open wheel racing. Oh, you're, you're exactly right. So we also have Jordan Taylor. 
So here's what you, let me go ahead and play it. And here's what Jordan had to say. Okay. Uh, I mean, every restart was kind of the same. It was just try not get smashed in the back or the side. And you almost had to be the aggressor not to get smashed in the back. So I tried to be the aggressor and I guess I left one lane open. I'm not sure who went down the inside, but they were never going to make the corner and kind of used us as their break and kind of wiped out a bunch of guys. So I think we had potential for a top 10 at the end. I definitely made a bunch of mistakes at the beginning that set us back, but the speed of the car was there. Just, uh, yeah, didn't survive the day as well as I hoped. Crazy. I mean, I asked you before if you were ready for the restart, so I guess nothing could prepare you for that, especially at the end. Yeah, no, I mean, guys don't really plan on making clean moves. Uh, I kind of expected to be it to be a little bit more respectful. I think if guys see an opening, they just go and expect to use you to get the car stopped. So, yeah, just an experience thing. Um, I should have probably known that just from watching in years past and probably been more of the aggressor to put, kind of push guys into other guys and not be the guy getting pushed through. So just an experience thing. But, yeah, super, still super happy to get my cup race debut done. Thanks to Hendrick Motorsports University and everyone for having me. Just too bad it didn't go our way. And there you go, Jordan Taylor. What the hell? Sound like somebody was like <laughs> banging him in the head with a skillet or something. Didn't it sound like you know, like on cartoons the way it sounds? What was that? I think it was one of those uh tanks that fell over. Oh, okay. I'm like, good <laughs> lord, is somebody like banging him with a kettlebell or something? <laughs> I don't know. Crazy. All right. Well, um, and, and I like how we did this because now this is going to bring us into um now I did put up another question to another poll question and I was asking about the stage breaks uh issue too, because um, you know, again, we we still had the stages, they still had the you know, the the race stages and stuff. It's just we didn't stop for them. Um, there wasn't a stage break. I didn't like it personally. I thought it was weird. Um, and, and I, I, Michael, I told your dad on the phone, um, when we were talking about this, I said, I don't know if it was just me and it was the way that the caution fell, I think, especially at the end of stage one, how it ended, but it, it's like they took the restart and literally it's like once they, who the leader got to the restart or got to the flag, that's who won the stage. I mean, it was just stupid. Um, the way, but then the race kept going, you know, and it, it was just weird. It, it just, it felt weird to me. I know Dell Jr. was a huge fan of it and felt like i guess it kept the race moving or or whatever but um y'all's thoughts on it michael probably doesn't watch it enough to for it to have really even mattered that much but tell me your thoughts on it michael yeah no not too familiar with it all but um i remember just to the weirdness of it i think even the fox broadcast was like like when uh when reddit came across the finish line or whatever not at the end of the race but they were like and reddit wins the stage like it kind of felt like awkward and weird just how it just kind of came came about, you know. Um, so yeah, it just seems a little bit different. But but yeah, Dad, you might be able to kind of expound a little bit more on that. Yeah, and remind me to tell you about the rattlesnake that they caught. Oh, <laughs> I just thought thought of that. Okay, <laughs> we'll, come, we'll come back to that. Um, anyway, no, Don, uh, the stage break. Uh, they didn't take the break and come in and throw the caution. They kept going. One of the things that uh, it was either Clint or Kurt or somebody was saying. The reason why they didn't want to take the stage breaks for this race, they wanted to keep the race going and and have more long green flag runs. Mm-hmm. They thought it would be better to get the car spread out a little bit, it would make for some better racing. I actually liked it. It was something different, and and uh, for road for a road course, 
right. don't think I'd want to do this on a, on an oval. But I, for road for road course, I think it it actually worked. And see, I guess there's no way to do this because we do get stage points for you know throughout the season so there's no way to not have the stages i would because i was gonna say if there was no way to have i would just say then just get rid of the stage racing altogether at the road courses because what what you just said michael was was exactly what happened what made it weird is it was and tyler reddick is your stage one winner and as he goes into turn one it was like it just continued it was it, yeah. it just it didn't I don't know. It just didn't make sense <laughs> it, it, to to the ear, I guess. Is um, I, I don't know. But I mean, after the, it's one of those things. It's just stupid. I mean, you know, it, it's not something that made a big deal or whatever. I guess it was just for me the way it it, it sounded, and it, it just. I don't know. It just felt kind of like, oh, what the hell just happened? You know, <laughs> kind of cringy. There, either that or maybe it was just that there really wasn't any emphasis on how important stage points are. You know what I mean? Like when, when, when you get the checker flag to stop the the stage and you kind of, you know, and so-and-so gets staged, you know, as you, and they kind of go through the points who gets those points or whatever. There's a little more, you know, meaning behind it and how important stage points are. Yeah. And there really wasn't on that one. Cause it was like, okay, well the race just kept on going. Um, so that was just my thought on it. And, and I just wanted to see what other people thought about it, but going back to the hard racing, we're going to wrap up our audio here. We've got some audio, um, from guys who, <laughs> I mean, it, it got, it got crazy, especially there towards the end of the race. Well, and after the race on pit road. Um, in fact, I need to see, I haven't looked and I should have to see if penalties came out. I can't imagine that Daniel Suarez has not gotten a penalty or will not get a penalty. Mike, I don't know if you've seen today in the, if, if any penalties came down, but on pit road, and especially because of pit road. And I would not be, if they haven't, I would not be surprised. Honestly, guys, if he's not suspended for a race, because that is a no-no to do anything on pit road, any sort of retaliation, and especially on a pit road at a road course like that, where you've got all the teams, all the, you know, I mean, officials and everything standing out there, and you're going to come hauling ass through. Daniel Suarez came hauling ass down, bumped his own teammate out of the way, and then went hauling ass again and bumped into um, Alex Bowman twice. Um, before they got to really the real crowded area where they stopped and parked. Then it was so funny because you watch the end car and they get out of their car and walk over. And I guess Bowman kind of explains and I guess puts the blame on Chastain. So Suarez walks off and then he goes over and starts trying to chew out Chastain. And you can hear there's, we couldn't put, pick the audio up for it, um, guys, because it was just too faint. But you could see them going at it. And at one point, Ross Chastain tells Daniel Suarez, get off your high horse, is what he told him. Just get off of your high horse. Um, I know it pissed off a lot of my friends that are big time Suarez fans. I'm, I'm, you know me, I am a track house racing fan. So I love them both. Um, but guys, I went back and watched replays. I don't know what y'all saw there at the track and stuff, but when you go back and watch the replays once again, and I'm not trying to play the Ross Chastain Homer, but that was Alex Bowman break checking is, is what I think I saw if, if unless I'm mistaken, but he caused a pileup and, and that's where that went. Yes. Ross is an aggressive driver and yes, Ross was aggressive throughout the race, but I didn't see Ross being any more aggressive than anybody else was. Um, you guys thoughts on what y'all saw and what kind of the talk was in the garage area. Well, I just want to say real quick, Michael, feel free to jump in, but it was amazing. Ross Chastain. I mean, he, he, uh, 
he was just driving his heart out. And <laughs> the fact that he had to, at one point toward the end of the race, he had to go all the way back to the back and he worked his way up. And what did he finish? Let me look at the results here. I guess he finished in. Uh, he finished fourth. <laughs> fourth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told Michael, keep an eye on him. Let's see what he does. Cause, uh, he, he's going to get himself back back in there and sure as hell if he didn't do it. Well, I think on that final restart, he almost took the lead. Like he was, or it was either the final one or the second to last one. I can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. I know, I know Kyle was also in that mix too. I mean, like he was just typical, typical, you know, just driving balls to the wall, man. It was awesome to see for him. Um, yeah, we, I remember talking about that. It was like, surely he's not coming back around and and actually making this something. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's I, I couldn't believe that, honestly. We all agree. I was thinking about this and I just, you know, we talk about the resilience of this car. Um, you you heard, you know, Elton Sawyer and, and stuff talk about the resilience of the car and that may be leading to some what some people are feeling is more aggressive style driving. I honestly feel in my heart of hearts that the guy that Ross Chastain is the one driver who to me understands and has a hold on how much this car can take. And he uses it to every, you know, I mean, he is going to push that car to the max. And, and I think that's what a lot of people are not understanding is there's other drivers that I think are a little more hesitant still to push the car to see how far they can go. Whereas Ross has pushed it. He's tested it. He sees where it can go. And so he's using that to his advantage. Would y'all agree? Definitely agree. And I think he's uh, the, the fact that he's aggressive and has shown that is he's made other people aggressive now to, to, to stay competitive with him. Mm-hmm. You know, right. now we do have the audio for the, uh, uh, I got this from um, Kersey and NASCAR and Fox. It's some of the audio they put together of Suarez on the radio. Okay. And if, if you really want to see the, the the gist of what happened, go to YouTube and find it under uh, on uh, NASCAR's page. It's uh, NASCAR's YouTube page is what I'm trying to say. You can watch it and you can see what we're talking about and how crazy it was at the, at the end. But here's what Suarez said. And then we have some reactions from um their uh, track house team owner Justin Mark. So I'll I'll play the um, Suarez piece first. Here we go. Tight in front of you, fan forty eight just following you. Everybody followed you down. Forty eight having to be really aggressive. He's left. He's left. Yeah, a bunch of them left here. Come on, back up here if you can. Son of a. What the forty eight is there, man? He just went straight, and the one pushed him against me. Can anyone explain me what the one was trying to do there? I haven't seen it, but yeah, copy. We'll just talk about it later, man. Like the, the 48 didn't even try something to record. Yeah, he went left to you trying to block, and they just, I mean, there were four behind him pushing him. Yeah, it was a can wait to get to the 48 on the one. All right, check your flag here, man. Sorry about that. Go get him next week. Ridiculous, man. It was the 48 on the one. Like second and fourth, man. I don't know if you'll be able to get to him with all the traffic. Let's be calm. Let's, um, we can always address it later as well. And what you don't hear, because I had to cut it, you hear, the, you see him going around the track in the car, and you, and you see um, the 99 go up and bump the back of the one. 
Mm-hmm. Then he goes and does it to the to the forty eight, <laughs> and uh, he put her. You know, he hit him pretty good. Well, and I'm going to be honest um, with you guys. When I was watching it, when it when it first all went down, and, and I guess it's because of what I felt I had seen on the track. I thought that he just bumped the one to get the one out of the way so he could get to the 48 on pit road is what I thought. Because I, because again, I felt like it was the 48 that had kind of like been the aggressor or had caused everything. So I thought he was just bumping Ross out of the way so he could get to the 48. I didn't realize that he was pissed off at Ross too. So it it wasn't until afterwards. And then they started showing. I was like, wait a minute, why is he mad at Ross? And, you know, and then, um, but I will say this, and I'm a huge Daniel Suarez fan. You know that. I mean, I like, I love both of them, but Daniel Suarez, I've watched him go after you. I mean, we remember when he body slammed Michael McDowell out there. (laughs) On the racetrack. So I, I, I would not mess with uh with Daniel Suarez. Uh, when he says he's gonna get out and go kick your ass, he will get out and go kick your ass. So uh just saying, but um good stuff. I mean, I, I like it. You know, two aggressive drivers, teammates. I'm sure Justin Marks, you know, grabs them both by the collars and you know, they had a kumbaya meeting, I'm sure, this week and talked it out. But I know you said you have some audio of Justin, right? Yeah, before we do, Michael, do you have any reaction to anything you want to say about that? It's just it's just good spicy stuff from NASCAR. Like I, for, for me who who covers a bunch of nice Baylor boys and girls, it's nice to see these guys want to kick some ass, and uh, I love it, man. I I think that's super engaging. It, it's just you wouldn't just as a casual fan, you wouldn't think that teammates would be like that. But I mean, hey, I'm all for it. Everyone wants to win, right? There's only one guy that can win. So yeah, and I tell you what, you're going to see a lot of highlights from from that race and that incident being used to promote this race at Richmond this uh, weekend. So the one that Don's going to be at. Yep. Yep. For sure. So, well, let's hear what Justin's going to say. All right. Here's what Justin Marks had to say, the team owner. You know, there's a lot of emotion on pit road after the race. Obviously Daniel was, was, was just stewing in, in, in uh, his emotions on that cool down lap. And it didn't stop after he hit the 48, you know, he got out of his car and and saw Ross there knew Ross was a part of that train that was coming in and, and wanted to express his, his emotions to Ross. So, um, you know, it's just, it's part of the, the competitiveness of the series. I think, you know, Daniel had a, a day that was shaping up for him to, to be able to have a great race. He was really focused hard on this race all week in his preparations and felt like he had a real shot at winning. And I think he was in a position to contend for it. And I think, you know, you just compound all that and you're hot, and you're tired. And, um, and then, you know, it kind of just hits the fan at the end of the race and you just saw that emotion boil over. But I'll tell you, I mean, I'd rather have two guys mad about losing than two guys that get out of the car and go, oh, well, we'll go to Richmond. <laughs> love, love I love Justin. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, like I mean, he he nailed it there. And you know, guys, um, and and this is to both of you because I I thought of you both when I saw this. But OMG, the lines for those two guys out at the track—they both had meet and greets out there. Of course, Daniel's amigos. It was just insane. And then I saw Ross posted on Twitter. Um, I guess with his sponsor, they were doing a, a meet and greet thing. And I mean, the lines to meet both of them was just crazy. And especially, you know, Daniel's always got his Daniel's amigos and stuff there. But ever since the Martinsville, <laughs> ever since the 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 hall on the wall, um, I mean, Ross's popularity <laughs> has just skyrocketed. And you know, I I still don't think he understands 
where, you know, how quickly his career took off right there and how quickly he became a fan favorite or someone that, you know, people want to meet. And so for him, he he was just in such awe on Twitter about the the amount of people that were there for the meet and greets. Um, did you guys get out and, and, and were you see, and then tell me, Mike, especially, um, uh, you and Michael, tell me, did you see the, the Daniels amigos everywhere? Was there the bands walking around and playing and that kind of stuff out there? Oh yeah. They had the Daniels amigos were definitely out there. Uh, Michael wasn't at the track Friday, but I, we got, I got to see and the, the water, watermelon, Drop. Yeah, that Drop was off, off the 250, uh, 250 uh, foot tower there, observation tower. That was that was crazy. That was a big media event for Ross, and, and uh, uh, that was pretty cool. But uh, I do want to say, Don, I still got to tell the snake story here. But um, before we forget, but uh, Michael and I took a took a walk out to the Grand Plaza area where all the haulers are and uh, the souvenir haulers and everything coda did a, a excellent job at setting everything up that is such a fabulous facility uh, a lot of people saturday um now michael got out and went met some friends who had uh tickets in turn 12 and so he can talk about the crowd but the crowd was really good sunday especially um when you go up the front straightaway the first turn there on that hill there were people sitting all over the side of the hill and the grass and the stands looked pretty full so i think they had a pretty good crowd overall from from what i saw and and the grandstands that i saw looked pretty good on a on a sunday yeah it's like everywhere i looked like i mean because i went i went out there i think it was what like half an hour before the start of the race because i went to go meet uh my friend andretti and I just was looking at people were flooded everywhere and, and, and it was packed in all the grandstands. I was, I was so pleased. I, I thought, I thought, yeah, this, uh, cause I remember we were, we were talking about, I think you had said the contract was up or whatever after this three, this third year for Coda. And like, you know, there, there's a, the whole conversation of, will they bring it back? Like, I think it's clear they're going to bring it back. I mean, it, it seems like the drivers enjoy it there. The fans love it. Um, uh-huh. it was such a fantastic uh, weekend. Uh, I wish I could have been there Friday too, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, Sunday was, just it was great well i i mean it looked like it was fun and guys um i because i know it's it's we're getting long and i i want to definitely go into indycar there at texas and some other stuff we we did have some other audio that we were going to listen to but what i went ahead and did mike is i play um in our comment section i went ahead and put the link in there um there was uh nascar uh nbc sports their nascar you know you get steve latart um you get um Brad Darty and I'm trying to think who else it was that was there that that it does it with them. I can't oh, remember. Oh yeah, Green Park. Yeah. Um, anyway, but they do. Oh, Jeff Burton. Hello, stupid me. Um, they they did like a little talk there, and there's some audio in there of Ross Chastain, Alex Bowman, and Kyle Busch talking about um, how aggressive it got, or if they felt it got aggressive and stuff. And there's uh, a great. It, uh, a little piece there that Ross Chastain does him and Alex Bowman's audio is a must listen to. So anyway, I posted the link there. Um, folks can go and listen to it there as well. Um, so that it's, they have it. That's what's fun about this Facebook live thing. We can post it there too, and they can just go listen to it on their, on their own. But um, overall, your thoughts though, to wrap up Coda overall. <laughs> Great weekend. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. Hope NASCAR comes back. 
I understand that there was a three-year contract. This is the third year of the contract, but I understand they're coming. They're, there's no, no plans to move this race anywhere else. I think it's here to stay. Um, the fans like it. They, they got a lot of new sponsors uh, for different activities and things that they've put in and done for this event. So I think it's going to be uh, It's good for Austin. It's, it's good for racing. And I think it's going to definitely be, be back uh, again in 2024, Michael. It should come back. It better. As for my first experience, they've sold me. Uh, sign me up whenever. If they bring it back, man, I'll, I'm ready to go. Uh, I, I would love to do it again. I, I hope they really do bring it back. I think they should. Um, and then just to, to y'all's point from the beginning of the show, I know uh, Don's going to Richmond. We're going to TMS. Hey, Dad, if you want to fly me out to, to California, I'll do those drag races. I'm happy to. I'm happy to make it a, a three-way split so we can, you know, split the coverage evenly and cover it all. But <laughs> well, I've got connections out there. Uh <laughs> we can make that happen. We can probably make that happen. Call a guy. But Call, hey, the, yeah. Dawn, real quick. So Michael and I are riding down the uh from the media. Uh the media was parked in lot T. It's up on the hill. <laughs> we were taking the media shuttle down to the in in infield media center on Saturday. And the lady who does the PR for JT Daughtery uh, or JTG Daughtery Racing, mm-hmm. whatever whatever you call it, um, she was showing us a video on Friday. They they found a, a huge rattlesnake laying in the um, just out in the grass, like in the parking lot. And a guy in a truck came by, and and they they got the the uh, track people, the the maintenance guys came and and they they caught it put it in the back of the truck, but I'm telling you, the snake had to be like two or three feet long. Mm. This rattlesnake, it was huge. Well, you guys, and you told me, Mike, that there was, uh, first of all, I mean, the blue bonnet season has sprung early here in Texas and it's, uh, has been, they, they have been predicting that it was going to be one of the best ones that we've seen in, in a number of years. Um, but I know you had said too, that I guess out there at the track, they had went and spread a bunch of, of seeds and stuff so that the blue bonnets were just the wildflowers were crazy out there. Um, Folks that may not know, of course, here in Texas, that, that that is our state flower, first of all. But one of the big things is to take pictures in the blue bonnets. And every year, people put the warning out, though. You're not the only ones that enjoy the blue bonnets. The rattlesnakes love the blue bonnets. So before you go stick your kid, you know, down in the blue bonnets, make sure you check the area and stuff. But, um, you know, folks don't, yeah. don't understand, you know, that track pretty much sits out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it, it really, you know off the tollway other than the airport kind of being right around over there there's really not a whole lot out there yeah and it's it's definitely uh primitive out in the country um michael johnson our photographer friend that lives up in amarillo was down shooting pictures for for me and um so if you go to racedaysa.com check out some of the photo galleries he's got some beautiful pictures he took of the blue bonnets and and the track and the cars and everything going around um, so check those out on the photo galleries on the race day, essay.com. And he also got some incredible pictures of the flyby that they did. The, the two jets that flew by <laughs> right after the national anthem Don, they made a pass over the track, went down and did a circle. And when they came back around again, they were like sideways. Hmm. That's great. I saw, in fact, I saw a video of it. It, it was amazing. It was absolutely it amazing. Truly was, and and uh, Michael Johnson got some incredible pictures uh, from his vantage point 
that we used uh, in the photo gallery of the flyby as well. So be sure and check that out. Well, you two boys will be heading to Texas Motor Speedway, correct? Um, this weekend. And, you know, I was going to say when you were talking about the contract with Coda, um, and again, I, I don't know anything. This is just me shut, you know, running my mouth. And, but I was going to say, Mike, I, I, since that track is, is leased out by, um, Speedway Motorsports, uh, who, yeah. Um, Texas Motor Speedway and stuff as well. I would not be surprised because we all know how much everybody has been asking for and running a, and wanting a reconfiguration of Texas Motor Speedway. I honestly would not be surprised. Not that Texas would lose its race, you know, or or race or whatever, but it would allow Texas to be reconfigured and possibly even if they needed to take a little longer than you know to to get it done. Then that that having that race there at Coda still allows there to be a race in Texas is my point. And it's ran by Speedway Motorsports. So to me, it kind of gives them that option. We all know that there will be a reconfiguration at some point. I think it's just a matter of when they're able to fit that in for it to fit in the budget and everything else. Um, because if not, then the other option is, is Texas Motor Speedway goes away. And and that race yeah. just continues there. But I I see I just feel in my heart of hearts the TMS race is still too important. It's the the area and stuff is too important for NASCAR itself um, to to lose. So I think that you would see them sink some money into that track to do some reconfigurations and stuff before they would just let it go. Yeah, and not only that, I think Dallas is what the seventh largest TV market in the country. Right, right. And it's just, it's not even just that. It's just the the surrounding areas of, you know, of where everybody comes from. You've got yeah. folks that are going to be coming from Louisiana, from Oklahoma, from Colorado, you know, it's just um, Mexico, you know, the, the way that, you know, folks come to that Texas Motor Speedway area. So um, I mentioned you guys will be up there, guys, just to give you a heads up. And it's kind of funny because the weather is kind of the same um where for both of us here uh, where we'll be going but for you guys there in justin at texas motor speedway for friday um 60 chance of rain high of 84 degrees low of 60 saturday um partly sunny skies 76 for the high 49 so you you guys are going to be sweating I was going to say your balls off, but that's not appropriate, I guess. Um, you're going to be sweating your butts off out there, um, you know, out there and in, in stuff. But uh, it'll be nice and cool in the morning. And then on Sunday, uh, let's see, the IndyCar race, is it Sunday or is it Saturday? Sunday. Sunday, that's right. So Sunday, 60% chance of rain, 76 for the high, 52 for the low. So, um going to be yeah. kind of iffy for you guys and then for for me uh going out to richmond hmm, listen to this crap <laughs> friday night and so friday we have the modifieds will be racing out there at richmond uh friday night light rain 41 for the low 68 for the high saturday rain uh, for the Xfinity race, 77 degrees for the high, 57 for the low. Sunday for the Richmond race, partly sunny, few clouds, uh, 63 for the high, 43 for the low. <laughs> nice, cool day at the track, uh, but the sun will be out on Sunday. So yeah. um, very interesting. Um, and I'm not seeing very many good days for me to be out at the beach, which sucks because I'm staying on the beach. Um, so anyway, sorry, I had to vent. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, put, put the rain tires on. 
we'll do, we'll do something. So I know IndyCar coming to Texas, they haven't raced for a couple of weeks. Um, Mike, we're going to try and throw together a IndyCar smack cast. Um, and, and in that, I will go ahead and what I will do, Mike, is I will email you or text you my picks um for that race and you can just okay. put it in and we'll so we'll throw our picks into your smack cast um michael will give you his or if you and michael do it together or whatever um that's how we'll do it but i'll, I'll send you my picks uh for that anything in particular that you guys are looking forward to with the truck series race and in indy at texas well the trucks always run good at texas and they had a really good race uh <clears throat> friday <coughs> excuse me Saturday morning uh, or early Saturday at at, at the uh, at Coda, Zane Smith got the victory in the in the in the Truck Series. Uh, they always put on a good show at Texas, so Don, I, I expect that to be, you know, a really good race like it always is. And um, and then uh, any cars on Sunday, and they're always super fast. And hopefully the weather will cooperate. We'll get the race in and don't have to run the race on 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 um, Monday, but. Uh, Michael, any final thoughts about Coda? Did you want to say? No, I mean, yeah, no, Coda was great. Uh, I was just going to add for for TMS. Hopefully, if Zane Smith wins, maybe he won't try to set the infield on fire this time. Uh, I know that wasn't (laughs) planned, but gosh, uh, I know he was beating himself up about about that too. He said it best. Everything went smooth except for the the burnout. So (laughs) uh, if he wins again, I'm sure he won't do that again. But no, I mean, yeah, Coda was fantastic. Hope to be back. Well, and I mean – and then for the IndyCar race, I mean, if you look to last year's race, Mike, I mean, you remember that was, they were not expecting that. The IndyCar drivers themselves were not expecting the race to have been as as good as it was because they've always had issue there with the PJ1 and some other stuff there um, at Texas. But man, did they give us a, a damn good race last year. Uh, it makes me excited for what we will see on Sunday. And I'm just, I'm sad that I won't be there. You know, I love me, my IndyCar guys, and I love being there. And um, I'm sad that I won't be there, but we'll be doing something back and forth i'm sure so i'll be sure and eat some babes chicken and you know all the good andy's custard and everything for you so you know what might be fun like here we're discussing our plans on the air but what might be fun guys is for us to do a facebook live um at the same time like we'll do it like this but y'all are there at the track out on the track there and i'll be out at the track at richmond and we'll just kind of like flip our phones around or whatever and show the scenes at both yeah. tracks at the same time. That might that be sounds great fun. to me. We can definitely do that. So who else is going to be giving you that at the same, you know, I, I yeah. well, you know, so there you go. Um, Richmond <laughs> <laughs> and, and who knows what the hell we're going to see at Richmond? Because again, last year, this, you know, the short tracks kind of, you know, weren't that great, but um, excuse me. I, you know, after all this beating and banging and crap that we've been seeing in lack of respect, I'm I'm looking forward to a, some short track racing and and seeing what happens. Um, you want to let's do picks um, let's for do Richmond? picks and then get out of here. <laughs> yeah, we'll start with Michael. Michael, give us your picks for Richmond. <laughs> uh gosh, let's see. Um, what what's the format? It's like your top guy, and then isn't there like a dark horse? Isn't that how we do it? Yeah, and then your darkest, uh, your dark, dark, dark horse. Oh, so gosh. basically, you just pick three dudes. <laughs> Let me look at the field here. Uh, I want to go with Christopher Bell as one of mine. I don't know if I want that to be my dark or my darker uh, horse. Let me see here. Let me look at the pull up the field here. Uh, all right, let's see. For my safe pick, 
gosh, I'm going to go Ross. Uh, I'm going to go him for my safe pick at the top. And then second guy, I, I, I'm going to save Chris Bell for my dark, the, the darkest one. I know he's actually been, I think he's been pretty good this year, but uh, he's going to be my, my last guy. My, my middle guy, uh, uh, let's get a Ford guy. Let's go Logano. Get Logano in there for my other guy. So, all right. Uh, and um, Mike, yours. <laughs> and it's always a hard track to pick drivers for for some reason. I, I don't know why. Richmond just. I don't think anybody really does. Anybody really dominate there? Um, there's been a few. The problem is the ones that have dominated haven't been doing worth a flip as of late. So. <laughs> So I'm going to go Denny Hamlin for the win. Okay. My long shot driver is going to be, uh, I'm going to go Ty Gibbs. Mm-hmm. He did finish ninth. And by the way, in Coda, he had all kinds of trouble, got a bunch of penalties and everything, had to go to the back, worked his way up to ninth. So uh, he, uh, I was impressed with him uh, at Coda, but I think Ty is getting, getting close. So he's my long shot. My really, really, really long shot. I'm going to go. Um, Let's see here. Eric, Eric Jones. Why not? There you go. Eric. I mean, he was driving like crazy the week (laughs) before too. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Kyle Busch for the win. Um, My uh, next driver, my dark horse. uh, I'm going to go William Byron. I mean, he's, he's been hot as of late. And then my dark, dark horse, it was going to be between, um, Truex and Harvick, but you know what? I'm just even though Stuart Haas hasn't really done a whole lot, I'm gonna go Harvick because Harvick, if you look at active drivers right now, he has the most wins at Richmond. Um, and so why not? Let's just go Harvick, I'll throw him out there. So those are my picks. We'll see, um, what happens or if I just curse three guys, <laughs> which is probably the case. Um, but I'm looking forward to this weekend, guys, and um, you know, we'll touch base, we'll see what yeah. happens. and um, let's see if we can't cover two different tracks at the same time on Facebook live. That'll be fun. I like it. Yeah. Let's try it. All and, right. and don't forget, I'm going to get there probably what was the plan Sunday, I think, or Saturday evening. Cause yeah. I'm going to have to miss the first couple days. Well, there's nothing, sure there's nothing right. Friday. Okay. Okay. So you don't have to worry about that other than the haulers move in and everything. Um, I'm, I'm going up Fridays just to get settled and everything, get my credentials and, uh, but um saturday is uh the uh, practice and qualifying and then the truck race is saturday and then the, the indy car race is sunday so well you'll you know have to I'm... uh you'll have to uh, make sure that i'm briefed yeah uh don michael's covering the baylor's uh spring football scrimmage well, I was going to say, you're coming up Friday by yourself, Mike. Uh, that gives you all the reason to just drive on over into Frisco and go get you some Hutchins barbecue again. I might do that, actually. <laughs> Save some for me. Or, Save some for me. Or I'll take Michael when if when he gets there Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want like to that. Be, if you want it to be really brave and adventurous, Mike, because you are a foodie, I would consider you a legit foodie. Oh, yeah. Uh, right there by the track <laughs> in Roanoke. And you can ask Craig to give you recommendations because he's eaten there three times. I'm not even joking with you. Is Anton's? It's called Anton's, and it's a South African restaurant. He is from South Africa, and it's really? it's authentic African and South African food. Yes. Wow. So, you know, if you if you like 
curries and stuff like that are all different kind. they've got all different stuff and i mean i've had a couple of things there and, and when um i can't remember what we went there I, after i had surgery or something we went um and it was really good though uh milk tart is the dessert is like a big dessert in south africa super good so i can tell you that but yeah so it's right there in roanoke um so anton's um okay oh anton's that's different. I mean, why not? You, you know, you always eat babes or eat, um, heartache barbecue heart and oh, heartache. I'm sorry. I know. Well, before I knew, but now living up here, it's just, there's too so many other good places up there. Yeah. Heartache is like, that's and, 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 and Hutchins, that's where we went with mm-hmm. Dixie and, 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 uh, okay. Yeah. Or yeah. you could do across the street from Hutchins on Preston Road is Tender, which I highly recommend too. It goes for me, it's Hutchins and then Tender is is like right there. Um, or if you really wanted to drive and go into Sherman up here by where I'm at, that's where I went to Crackle and Oink for their ribs. They're, oh my God, I can't even with the ribs. They're just amazing. Michael, we might be taking a little road trip Saturday hey, night. I'm, I'm not opposed. You know me, yeah. I, I, I will eat. And, and, and then, and then eat some more on top of that. So. All right, guys. Well, uh, (laughs) you guys have yourself a great rest of the week and weekend and um, we'll get, and um, we'll figure out what we're doing for, for next week. um, Cause I will be in Virginia still Monday and Tuesday. So, uh, and then I come back Wednesday. So it may be Thursday that we, um, that we end up going live or doing something, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be back with you guys and uh, get ready for Easter and, because uh, we'll be racing, we'll be racing dirt at Bristol on Easter weekend, Easter Sunday. So um, you guys have a great weekend, though. I miss you, uh, Mike. Tell everybody I said hello at the track and I miss them and I can't wait to see them. All right, guys, have a great one. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.